On the Wake Up Radio presents The Hour. You must remember, the enemy has only images and illusions behind which he hides his true motives. Destroy the image and it will break the enemy. The it that you refer to is a powerful weapon. What is life? It's a story we tell ourselves. And every story needs a beginning. Your imagined suffering makes you lifelike. Lifelike, but not alive. Pain only exists in the mind. It's always imagined. So what's the difference between my pain and yours? Between you and me? To find a solution to a problem whose answer you already know. It's the hour. Hello, hello, people. Hello. You're listening to The Hour with Cindy Ashby. And this is On The Wake Up Radio. And we have a wonderful guest. I always say wonderful, but you know it's wonderful, right? PleaseReport.com. I'm going to go with the website. And I want to say, introduce yourself, sir. Hi, how you doing, guys? I am... Cleese report or short Cleese or roll Cleese. And uh, I think that you could call me a artist, a uh, reporter, and a cultural critic. Fabulous. Now tell us, what is CleeseReport.com? Well, the website was made as kind of like a hub. Um, There's a lot of things, uh, especially being on your platform, um, that I've thought of years ago that just wasn't to come to fruition. So, you know, I wanted to do like a, a, a black TV station, um, sort of like online, um, like the box, if, if you guys remember the box. And uh, it was going to be a platform for um, uh, educators and content creators to put stuff for our people. But what it is now is just an informational spot where people can get resources, um, some written education. And I have a few writers writing on the blog talking about um, current situations. Awesome. How did you come up with the name? Well, way, 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 way back in the day. It's it's, it's not that fly at all. Um, way back, like in the early 2000s. Shut your I, mouth. I worked. It's perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, what I mean is the story isn't that fly. Like, it, it wasn't something, like, I came up with that has this great meaning or something like that. It's just a name that a guy used to call me when we I worked in healthcare back in the early 2000s. And every time he seen me, he would yell my name. And instead of just saying Roland, he would be like, Roll, please, what's up? Or Cleasy, and he, it, it, you know, kind of either uh, inflection of that. And um, so when I made my YouTube page back in like, um, oof, back back before Google owned YouTube, I think it was like 2010, 2012, I needed an alias. So I kind of adopted that name and I wanted to do more like reporting, like the work that I was doing back then, I felt was like reporting. So, and, um, and my first name was Roland. And if, you know, any of your older listeners remember a white guy, he had this thing called the Roland Report. 
And I didn't want to use that, of course, you know, copyright infringement. And like I said, I wanted to do an alias. So I just adopted that name and just put report on the end. And uh, it was born. <laughs> Dope. Now, tell them where to find you, your social media, website, everything. We're going to do that through it so everybody knows where to go. Well, right now, of course, you can get to everything that I have um, from the, the uh, website, which is pleasereport.com. But I do, I'm heavily on Instagram um, at Cleese Report as well with no the, just Cleese Report. And um, I've come on to you, you guys' platform, which is on the wake up, uh, no, OTW2, um, which I love. And I, I put, what I've done with you, with that platform is, is I put more exclusive stuff. Like I, I share a little bit of stuff that I share amongst the other platforms, but um you really come to that page if you want to see something from me that hasn't been seen before. I think my more controversial stuff, because there is no um, censorship, I put there that I know won't get taken down. Because if you if if anybody remembers my YouTube channel, I have no videos on my YouTube channel anymore because basically they kept hitting me with copyrights. So I basically just, I still have a channel because I, I'm on YouTube. I like to watch videos on YouTube, but I took all my content down because they just was hitting me with too many copyrights because the nature of my work, I use other people's clips to make my message. So, so please, um, please report basically everywhere. I'm only on three places and that's um, OTW2, Instagram, and then the website. Awesome. Awesome. How has media changed for you? Um, I would say you mean like media itself, like the, the genre or the content that's on it? Uh, pretty much overall, the, the content, the way that uh, people are, uh, I don't know, things are. I've been in, right. I've been in media for a long time. My wife gets mad at me when I try to date myself. But I, I say I'm 49 with pride, right? Because I come from an era where media was a bit different. Um, I would say that media is is more emotional. What people do on social, with, with social media is more people have a voice. Where back in the day, only the people that had the access was able to um, have a voice to to the to the masses so to speak now you know a 13 year old kid with a, with a with an android phone can have a voice right you know what i mean so i think that um overwhelming amount of information is how media has changed and believe it or not um false information just uh information and narratives that are like slightly off to completely a lie and I, I think that's how media has changed. Is it's just an over, uh, onslaught of information, and people don't like to really get to the truth. They only go with what they first see. Mm. What's your thoughts on celebrity worship? <laughs> now, that's actually my specialty. <laughs> so it's it's interesting you asked me that question because I actually did a piece called um, "Celebrity Activist." And um, that piece was was a, a video edit that actually made it into the 2020 spring show at the Erie Art Museum. 
um, which was curated by this this uh, very important woman. I won't get into that, but uh, she deals with these uh, social issues, black and white issues, and how we as uh, black um, artists um, don't get our our items uh, uh, seen. So back to the celebrity worship is is that uh, I feel like that is one of our biggest problems, and <clears throat> it stops us from. You know, I think everyone worships celebrities, but us more so as black people, we allow it to stop us from um, gaining a foothold in, in politics, um, understanding where we sit in, in the wealth conversation, and basically even neutering us from fighting against white supremacy because we're so focused on what the celebrity is saying and they're being used um, in a lot of ways to misdirect us and to give us a false sense of success, black excellence, as they like to call it, black ownership, when these so-called wealthy celebrities don't even really have the wealth that they're claiming or the ownership that they're claiming. Now, I, I was reading your website, and I wanted you to... Brief synopsis. Give us your thoughts on uh, Khalif Browder's story, and for the younger audience who might not know who that is and how that ties into celebrity worship. The, you know, I was torn when his story came out because of who was actually um, pushing, you know, his story, and that's Jay Z. Um, I don't come from a place of being a hater. Um, I was a fan of a lot of these people back in the day, you know what I mean? But once I matured, I looked at these things differently. But <clears throat> aside from the fact that Jay-Z is connected to that story, I think it's a story that is very important. Um, I think the Brower story did what the George Floyd murder did in today's time and what the Rodney King beating did in yesterday's time, um, where it puts a huge spotlight on how... The, they've mishandled innocent black men in in the uh, um, penal system. You know, um, it's it's sad what happened to him, and over an accusation um, of a of a book bag, and you know, in closing up that he showed great resilience in standing for his innocence. And it showed something that you don't see a lot of great integrity in a young person, a young black male. And I think that young blacks can look to his story and really get a sense of pride, even though it, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, um, of course. But in the story, you can see, um, you can aspire to be that person that in a room full of no's stand and say yes right now I, uh, there was another part uh that i did read where you talked about his story and how they did a they did a, a show or a movie and it, it, the question you, and it was so it hit me who did his family get anything did it go do you get what i'm saying was it do you feel like he was exploited Oh, I, absolutely. I, I speak about this all the time. That's that's kind of where I was going with the celebrity piece with Jay-Z. While it's a story that, you know, definitely wants to get out. But if you notice in media, 
we're always being exploited. Black pain. You know, it's 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 one thing to bring these stories for educational purposes, but it seems as though um, celebrity, white, um, Hollywood, and people with deep pockets are always benefiting, just like slavery, from black pain, black death, and the exploitation of our stories. We don't get to tell our stories. Jay-Z is not us. Even though he's black, he's not one of us. He's one of them. So it's not us telling our story. If you came out with the story or I came out with the story, we would be putting the story out with blood, sweat, and tears, with no backing, with no finance. You know what I mean? And the story will get told in its most um, authentic form, so to speak. But in, in that, and I think that's one of the reasons why once he was out, he broke because everybody was looking to put him on a platform. They wanted him. They wanted his story. They wanted to talk to him. You know what I mean? He was, you know, talking to Rosie O'Donnell. He was talking to uh, the Huffington Post. He was talking, you, you get what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it, it's like psychologically going through what he wanted through. No one really stopped to see what this man's self-care was. Like, how is he even dealing with all this so-called celebrity? And at the same time, nobody was putting a dime in that man's pocket. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he got rich off of his story. Everybody else did. Mm. Now, what I find fantastic is you consider what you do are explain to the audience what is found video collage. <laughs> so um, it, it, it sounds like I've made it up, but it's actually been done before. OK, so basically you take things that are out in the world. In my case, I take film, television shows. Um, interviews, um, things off social media, and I take clips and I, I combine those together in quick short edits with sometimes with background music and other visuals to, um, um, to tell a story, to shape a narrative. Um, when an event happens, there's one way society sees it. And then I come with information that um, let's say an interview that most people didn't see that give the opposite mindset, you know what I mean? Or I help bring um, all the details to the surface so we can make a more informed decision. Wow. And so this goes into what is reframing accepted cultural narratives, I believe. So, um, I mean, we, we all have thoughts and ideas, right, in society, um, pretty much that everybody thinks is true, okay? So that would be considered a cultural narrative. So, for instance, um, uh, black, black women are welfare queens, you know what I mean? Or uh, most black people are on welfare. Well, that's a cultural narrative, right? A, air quotes, stereotype. Well, that's not true. White, whites and blacks are relatively on welfare at the same rate. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like we are the face of um, welfare. So we, we want to dispel that myth or that cultural narrative by reframing it, speaking truth to power, as they like to say nowadays, to try to get people to change their thinking and break free from the, the norm or the cultural narrative, what white society has deemed to be truth, and it's not truth. Mm -hmm. 
You guys are listening to, I am Cindy Ashby, this is The Hour, you're listening to On The Wake Up Radio, sign up for otwtube.com, otwtube.com. Cleeps, tell us where we can find you. Well, right now I'm very heavy on Instagram, um, at Cleves Report. I'm trying to get more of a foothold on this great up-and-coming platform, uh, OTW2. Um, you can find me there under the same uh, tagline, which is Please Report. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, um, I, I can't pay for the regular uh, pleasereport.com email, so you got to hit me at pleasereport at gmail.com. And uh, generally, if you get in good with me, you can always get my telephone number and we can do uh, um, signal uh, communications or you can hit my DM in, in Instagram and we can communicate that way. I love engaging with the people. Um, I love uh, teaching and, and getting people to understand my point of view. I'm, I'm, I'm always open for uh, intelligent dialogue with the people who come across my page. Not, not my followers, but followers of the page or people who pass by awesome let's talk about what you offer and the the need for donations <sighs> said listen um i would love for the people to give to my movement to help me facilitate um some things um if i could get a a thousand dollar seed. I would. I would uh, start. I would start. You know the the aspects of my online TV show. Um, but I understand where we're at. You know. Um, but got five dollars. You got ten dollars, and you just want to bless me for what it is that I do on my platform. You can always hit the cash app at Please Report. Um, <clears throat> but I generally I, I have it on my on my uh, my website. But I personally don't necessarily solicit donations. It, I've had people be led to send me five or ten bucks here and there. Um, and I love that. Um, but I just know where we're at. I wish we could pull our resources and 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 fund OTW2 or the Cleese Report. Um, even the start of, let, let me say this, even the start of um, Cleese Report. The, 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 um, I started that website last year as it stands today. I had it a couple of years ago as a, a WordPress site, but the page um, was a C. Um, this guy that I met off Instagram, he sent me um, $300 to, to start, start, my, start that page <laughs> last year. And um, so, you know, I've had, had donors behind the scenes. Um, but I don't know my pride gets in the way of literally asking, you know what I mean? I don't want to feel like I'm begging, but we, we, we as uh, artists and content creators, as you know, doing what you do, um, we, we all need donations. I mean, I think that if you got a Netflix, a $15 Netflix bill, um, you can, you can throw 10, $15 to, your favorite black owned platform, because that's one of the biggest problems we have is, and that's why you see the Roland Martins or the, um, or the uh, 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 Claude Anderson and, and, um, and uh, the brother who sued Comcast, his name slips in my mind right now, but 
Um, that's why you see them, you know, really going hard about this advertising dollars because the white platforms, they get the advertising dollars and we, we're only getting 1% of that. Not we as in me, but them, because I'm not, you know, considered legitimate media, but you know, the ones that get that advertising dollars. So, you know, if, if not give to me, at least give to send in her platform. Cause you know, we need to be supported by the people who listen. Real talk. You're legitimate to me, brother. Uh, I want you to spell out that cash app for them. We have to speak things into existence, yeah? Amen, amen. Uh, C-L-E-E-Z-E-R-E-P-O-R-T. Please report. Awesome. Now, what does great content mean to you? I would say, so that's a, that's a twofold. That's a twofold for me. Great content is quality. So, um, I deal in the, um, uh, aspect ratio widescreen. You know what I mean? Like I love doing widescreen. I don't like doing vertical, vertical videos. So great content is always going to be shot in widescreen for me. Um, the highest quality possible. So if we're not talking about an old TV show or old movie, you know what I mean? Anything that somebody's shooting, man, I need that thing in, in the widescreen version. And then um, the best content that I work with is people who speak clear and concise messaging with no background music. You know what I mean? If there's a scene in a movie, you know, there's there's no music playing in the background. That's great content for me. Um, and then how powerful words are. Um, you know, visuals are great, no doubt. You know, that's why I deal with movie clips and stuff because um, more so than just audio, you know, with putting up my own pictures, which I have done. But when somebody is speaking, you know, in this term that we were using today, when they're speaking truth to power, that's when I do my best work is being able to chop up a two minute um, speech and mash that together with a clip I saw years ago off a TV show or a movie or, you know what I mean? Like if, if anybody goes to go check out some of my work, you'll see how I, how my brain works. Um, I haven't seen all movies or anything like that, but there's just something about when I hear or see something, it takes me back into a time. Um, it's almost spiritual where it takes me to a time where I remember a clip. And then once I put one or two in my head together, then boom, I'm a great researcher. So then I'll start looking for themes for, for content around that theme. And that's how I build my, my video or my narrative that I'm trying to speak. Awesome. Now, Cleese Report has the ability to reshape a person's viewpoint. Why care about how any story is perceived? Because aren't people going to think whatever they want anyway? So I want you to expand on that because I always say society has been more apathetic these days. Right. I mean, I, I, I feel like um, you're right. I mean, people are going to feel how they're going to feel. But what I do is I speak to people who want to hear it. I speak to um, the people who are hungry, who are thirsty to hear truth. And hear it in such a way that they're open to 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 learn something or to even be open to change their own narrative. I've had many conversations in the comment section where after because I'm respectful, because I 
I try my best to teach and not talk down to people um, after three or four sentences. Oh, okay, I see your point. You know what I mean? Like on some some of that type level stuff. So yeah, you're right. I mean, um, the the people who are being open is still a small percentage. You know what I mean? Like people really don't care. But I think that we do what we do because we're speaking to those who do. And I think it kind of it ripples out like the tide almost. You know what I mean? And I feel like, um, you know, we can break through and we can change somebody's thinking. Um, then that helps us on the next level up, on the next rung up the ladder. You know what I mean? That person may be the next person that decides to start that business for the community or go out into that young person because they seen something on Cleese report. They seen a need. A lot of people are uneducated, ignorant. And I don't, I don't see the word ignorant in, in a negative connotation. It's, it's just a fact of not knowing, right? So if you don't know, how can you even change? So if you don't see change, then you won't know how to change. So that's why the Cleese report needs to be there to reshape people's thinking for the ones who do care awesome what motivates please when you open your eyes in the morning what are the first three things that come to your mind like what motivates you i think when i really really think that out think that question out it's this just this, the the desire to help people break free from mental bondage it's I don't use the words woke and conscious, but to say to wake up, just like you said, when you wake up in the morning, it's a new day. And um, I think that when I shifted my thinking years ago, it was an awakening. So I want to recreate that in somebody else. I want somebody else to wake up one day hearing something that, you know, please said, either a video I made or a conversation in the, in the DM, or even if you caught me on much of the activism work that I've done in my city or um, things I've done across other platforms, if you've heard me speak, I want you to say, wow, that brother's on to something. And wake, and wake up and change your thinking. Get out of that mental slavery and break those social norms. Wow, this is such a powerful interview. You're listening to On The Wake Up Radio. I'm Cindy Ashby. This is Yawa on Weekly's Report. Tell them where to find you, brother. You can find me mainly resting on a day-to-day basis on Please Report on Instagram. But of course, you know, building my platform on OTW2, you can check me out there for exclusive edits. Um, That's where I like to park my stuff that everybody's not seeing. And of course, you can check me out on my website at cleesreport.com and check out uh, some of the great work that my bloggers are doing. I don't blog as much anymore, but I have a few writers that are putting out content and and we're always hiring. So, well, let me don't say hiring because then that kind of makes it seem like we're paying <laughs> so if you want to volunteer to, to submit some content we're, we're always uh, uh, accepting content I should say <laughs> awesome awesome and we've reached the uh, halfway mark and I like to do this thing I call rapid fire um, are you ready brother for rapid fire yes sir load it up favorite food 
favorite food? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, burgers. Um, vegan burgers. Okay. Uh, are you a meat eater? Sometimes. No, no, no meat. No meat. Only thing I eat is fish. Oh, that's dope. Favorite music? Uh, jazz. Oh, anyone in particular? Ah, oh, man, I haven't really. Uh, it's just all eclectic stuff. Um, I like Kim. That's one of my favorite artists, Kim. Favorite book? Uh, the, um, Color of Money. Favorite movie? Oof, I, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. <laughs> Since it's rapid fire, the first one that came to my mind is uh, is Armageddon with Bruce Willis. <laughs> I Uh-oh. love that. <laughs> favorite documentary. Ooh, favorite doc. That's that one. I'm stumped on. <laughs> I can't think five that I like. Okay, superpowers you wish you had. Uh, superpowers I wish I had would probably be the ability to make people happy. Aww, favorite color? Brown. Brown is cool. Favorite hobby? <laughs> Video editing. Favorite show as a child? G.I. Joe. You're going on vacation where you have where you want to go, where would you like to visit? Hmm. If I was going on a vacation, I would want to go back to New Orleans. I I was in NOIA for business, um, uh, for a safety conference. And my wife got to enjoy more of the city than I did. And I want to go back, like maybe during Mardi Gras, and actually visit. Awesome. Picnic or restaurant? Uh, restaurant beach or pool beach action or comedy action and comedy <laughs> so I, that's a hard one but uh my first would be action i love to laugh but i love an, a good action movie history or fiction history but i love science fiction Sleep late. Or- That's why I couldn't give you a documentary because it, it was like I love. I just watched so many. Dope. Sleep. Wait. Sleep late or early riser. Both. Believe it or not, because my wife's a like. Matter of fact, what's crazy is I went to bed at three a.m. Had to be up at. And this is my off day. I had to be up to take my daughter to work at uh, seven thirty. <laughs> wow. Love- <laughs> In my regular work day, I get up at um. At five thirty, wow! Or I'm out the door at five thirty. I get up at five. What are you getting like two hours of sleep a day? Yeah, pretty much two, no, about four, more or less four. I don't go to bed at three every night, but yeah, we stay up late watching movies and and just vibing. You know what I mean? We talk a lot. No, that's good. Communication is the key. Love or money? Love, of course. You'll never have enough money. Reading or watching TV? Watching TV. Um, I, I, I hate to say I'm not a real big reader. I read when I have to for research purposes, but I'm not like I'm. Not, I don't enjoy reading. 
You know what I mean? I'd rather watch a good doc. <laughs> Sunrise or moonlight? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, like a good sunrise or sunset, <laughs> but yeah, sunrise. Friendship forever or love of your life? That's short-lived, though. Pick one. Uh, love, love, love of life, short-lived. A pet peeve you have? Um, <laughs> centered around social media. Unresearched memes. I, I just hate when people just share. So that's a big pet peeve of mine. Stop sending out false information that you didn't do no research on. Mm. Most heartbreaking news you've ever seen on TV or heartbreaking in real life? Mm. That should have been up top on the on the first half hour. That's a good one. Um, <clears throat> I would say. Most most recently, um, I, I think that the George Floyd situation, the, the heartbreaking news that that man got killed like that, um, that was heartbreaking for me. Um, I don't get moved emotionally about much, but that one, you know, just like it was polarizing for everyone. But for me, because I'm not, you know, what I mean, and it's something that I know happens all the time, but it's still it, it, it was it was heart it was heart moving. Yeah, it was horrible. A fear you wish you could vanquish from humanity. A what? A fear. A fear you wish you could vanquish from humanity. Fear, F-E-A-R? Fear? Yeah. Something you oh, okay. just take away. Um, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, of um, of uh, re- um, fear revolt. Because we, we just... We, we are so scared to fight oppression that, um, you know, we like to share um, uh, Nat Turner's story, but we don't want to live it. We, we, we live in fear every day, Black folks. I wish we could just get away from that. Wow. You find a suitcase of a million dollars. You keep it or turn it in? Turn it in. Turn it in. And here's the reason why. While I, I can recognize what a, what a blessing is, um, for instance, you find um, a couple of 20s on the ground. That's a blessing. Um, you find a wallet with a couple of 20s in it. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a blessing. Somebody lost their wallet. Get it back to them. Money's in a suitcase. That ain't no blessing. I would, I would first of all, I'd be thinking it's a setup. <laughs> that's how cynical that I am. So, no, I'm turning that in. You step into a time portal. What year would it be? And would you save anyone or change anything or just be an observer? Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. Um, I'm a 70s baby. I would like to go back to the early 1900s and show, and, and I would be an observer of how we actually dealt, because we can read it all day long. But when we were segregated, because it's my belief that Black Wall Street happened out of necessity, not because we wanted it. Because ultimately, I still believe that we fight this thing that we want to be close to our oppressor. So when they burned down Black Wall Street, which there was multiple Black Wall Streets, Tulsa wasn't the only one. There was five, four others. Um, but uh, when they burnt it down, they never rebuilt they they assimilated into society. So I would I would love to 
experience what they with how they felt in real time. So I'd be an observer. I wouldn't change a thing. Well, let me say, you're saying four or five. I recently seen a documentary, Lessons in Haiti. Darling, there were 50 to 70 towns. Okay? Oh, here, you got to send me that. Because yeah. I, I know they point out four other ones other than Tulsa as being as big as Tulsa. I didn't know there was 50. Let me tell you. And do you know where they are today? Our wonderful federal government put highways through it. So places like Cross Bronx Expressway, uh, I, I believe it's I-95 or 495. Mm-hmm. Talk about being railroaded. This is why you're so tired when you're on the highway. You're rolling wow. over black people's dreams. Yeah, they did that. And they basically said, our brother's on his porch with a, he says he's got a shotgun. And they're like, listen, you're either going to take the money, but we're still running this through here. Right. I did hear about how um, how highways went through black neighborhoods. I, do, I definitely know that totally disrupted black communities by that. But I didn't know there was 50. Yeah, we got, we definitely got to exchange some info on that. one. Yeah, I'm definitely going to send that to you. Three people you wish you could meet and pick their brains. They could be living, not living, whatever. Um, I would say, of course, Malcolm X. Um. Uh, believe it or not, James Baldwin, very intelligent brother, um, James Baldwin. And then um, uh, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it religious on you, but I would go all the way back to Bible times. And I would talk to Apostle Paul, one of one of the uh, uh, writers of most of the New Testament. Very, very powerful. Wow, that's that's dope that <laughs> you went that deep you're, you're going on a road trip and you only get to take three people with you well there's three people they could be living they could be anyone anyone oh that wow that's interesting because i immediately was about to say my wife and my two daughters <laughs> that's who that's who the road trip is always with um but if it was uh if it was famous people or 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 notable people then I would say um, I would like to take that that crazy white lady, um, Jane Elliott. <laughs> I'm not a real big fan of hers, but I recently was peeping out some of her work over over this weekend. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to know a little bit more about this lady. Um, so that'd be one person in the ride. And then um, I would say um, Spike Lee um, as a as someone who always wanted to be a film creator, I always looked at him as kind of the pinnacle for black folk, you know what I mean, when it comes to film film creation. Um, despite his antics or whatnot, you know, as a filmmaker, he's put out some phenomenal films. And then um, I would say someone in the in the um, the smart area, I would say uh, that that crazy white dude nicholas tesla i'm a techie dude and um i feel like you know a lot of people stole his ideas and i wanted to know i will, would love to talk to him about um what it was like to to try to do this creation against all odds you know what i mean like to try to bring something to fruition um that no one is really supporting i feel like you know that's kind of what we do as content creators bringing something to fruition that no one else sees and trying to make it happen. What would you tell yourself as a teeny little boy, if you were able to time travel back to yourself? Um, I would say buy stock. 
<laughs> um, but no, seriously, though. Um, hold on a second. Gee whiz. Okay, hopefully that didn't pick up in the background. Somebody's alarm went off. Sorry about that. Um, uh, I would say, and this is this is coming from the heart, man. I really, really want to say this. Um, be better at finances. I've made a lot of, as me and my wife like to say, a lot of money has has passed through my hand over the years. And, you know, almost meeting, I guess you could say, the, the unofficial halfway point of life, which is, you know, I'm a year away from 50. And um, I've gotten better over the years. I think I'm in a really good place um, as, a, as a working man, as a, uh, uh, as a business owner. And as a family man, I, I think I'm doing pretty good for myself today. But, man, over the years, I wish I could tell my, my 16-year-old self, bruh, be better with money. <laughs> Be better with money. Man. Put money away. We yeah, don't light it on fire, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for rapid fire. That was amazing. You're listening to the hour. It's Cindy Ashby, and this is on the Wake Up Radio, and we're here with the wonderful, talented, creative CleaseReport.com. Tell us where to find you, brother. You can find me um, on my website pleasereport.com <clears throat> and generally that can get you everywhere but specifically my daily or by daily um, grind is on Instagram and that's at please report and you know I got an up and coming page on um, OTW2 that I'm definitely trying to get some followers on and trying to connect with some people and that page has been um, where, I, where I'm going to or not going to where I have been putting my more exclusive work, my more exclusive edits um, that doesn't even make it to Instagram. So you definitely want to go over there and uh, follow me over there so we can connect and you can see some of the more polarizing or controversial work that I put out. Tell them that cash app again, spell it out for them. Thank you. Yes. The cash app is C L E E Z E R E P O R T. Please report. Now tell us the need for legacy. Where do you, where do you see Please report? The legacy. We'll, we'll speak it into existence. <laughs> I, th I think that, uh, you know, legacy is important. I think that, um, you know, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible that says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, his children and his children's children. And I believe legacy is like that, is like an inheritance. It's a reputation. It's a history of what you've built that you pass down to generations to come. And I believe that if you, if we're speaking about myself or the Cleese Report, I would say that um, the importance for this legacy is, is that um, it broke away from social norms, that it wasn't as what a lot of the truth movement will say, we're, we're not a sheep or sheeple. You know what I mean? We're not just going along with everybody else's train of thought. And I know that my people, the people who have come after me, um, will be able to look at the Cleese Report and say, that's where truth was placed. That's where we could find, when we, when we cut through all the fog, truth was resting at, at Cleese Report. Dope. Advice to those who want to get into media. 
man, the, I would say no matter what type of media you're getting into, I, I think that um, you you have to have integrity. Um, so, you know, I mean, unless you're going to run a toxic platform or some type of gotcha type, you know, you know, jump in somebody's face, um, you know, I can only speak to what I built. So I'm going to suggest that we have integrity, um, that uh, when you're building your platform, your time, um, don't do follow for follow, don't do, um, you know, don't pay for followers, engage with your people, be respectful, you know what I mean? People that follow your page and engage with you, you know, talk to them like they're human beings, don't talk to them like they're stupid, you know what I mean? And, and don't tell people information that you know, don't tell them the research, you know what I mean? I get it, the game is to be sold, not told, but there's a way you can coach people to 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 get go with the information instead of just telling them to Google it. You know what I mean? And then um, I would engage with other platforms. You know, you go to another platform and make a comment or engage with another person, people read comments. And if you say something intelligent and witty, um, that's a way that you can um, gain relationships in this, in this social media world. So um, as a content creator or someone that's first getting in the media, I think that you definitely have to take your time. And if you're reporting news, be truthful and don't, and it's more important to be right instead of being first. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump to this. Uh, you're on social media. Do you feel like it helps or hurts human beings? In, any, any good thing has a level bad to it right so i think that social media is a is a wonderful piece of technology it's a construct that allows us to build relationships across state lines without ever meeting people in person but with um you know great power comes great responsibility and the makers of social media platforms have strategically made these platforms um, that make it detrimental to our mental stability. Um, there's something on social, there's a tool on social media that um, speaks to your emotions in such a way where you have a need to get likes, to get views. And what that does is it, it, it releases a chemical in the brain called dopamine. Now I made a video on this, by the way, on my page, but, um, uh, and, and this dopamine release is, is just as powerful as cocaine. So you're literally addicted to a drug that's natural to your body. And so without balances in your life, without the ability to distinguish when too much is too much, or what's really important in your life, then yes, it can be very harmful. Very, I mean, do not take what I'm saying lightly, very harmful. There are people right now suffering from social media addiction right now who are undiagnosed and don't understand why their life is a mess because um, they've put so much importance on social media. I know a girl right now 
who has a Kenny, a, a, a daughter who's in kindergarten. And she's on social media so much that she allowed her kindergarten daughter to flunk kindergarten because she won't put her on the computer. She won't pay attention to her daughter enough, but she's, but she's living it up on social media. That's how bad it is. God, the internet is really the bad parent, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's true too, yes. (laughs) And here's the thing. uh, They did a study, you know, when you take the phones away from the teenagers, they have withdrawal symptoms like heroin addicts. This is telling. You know what? I'm going to do you, I'm I'm going to even put something real swaggy on what you just said. That's true. Guess what else they did a study with that does that? Tell me. Music. Wow, my head exploded. They did a, yeah, they did a they did a study like that back in the day on music, and um, <laughs> they tried to take the music away from the kids, and they had withdrawal. It's it's something to do with the frequencies. Absolutely. Well, see, they talk about it, but nobody wants to really listen is that they've been telling you that music is actually um, controlled by Satan, by Lucifer, literally. Now, like I said, you might not want to get into the spiritual aspect, but you know what I mean? If we believe what we believe is that there's a spiritual entity that fell from heaven. He was the usher. the the, the uh, He ushered in the sound of the morning for God. When he got casted out of heaven, he didn't lose his ability to control the music. And that's why music is the only thing that can go into a man and disturb the spirit without his consent. You know what I mean? Like we walk around with these songs in our head, not because we want them there, because that's the that's the nature of music. It's crazy. I'm no Bible thumper, but growing up with my grandmother, she used to always say, uh, turn it off. Uh, why? Why? And she says, you can't serve two masters. I never understood <laughs> until I got older. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you can't serve two. And uh, what is this? They call it secular music, worldly music, you know, uh, the, the old time people. And you'd be like, oh, they're just being whatever. But there is some truth to it. Uh, absolutely. Man, listen, <laughs> we can have a whole nother interview about that. Yes, you're right. Now, how have you found growth in the new world since 2020 debacle of the quarantine? You know what? That is an excellent segue into what we were just talking about. Um, You know, my wife got real sick back in December of 2020. um, And, you know, we both rededicated ourselves to God. And we our growth is, is getting a reconnection or a rededication to the Lord. Unlike ever before, you know, because I'm more wiser. That doesn't mean I went back to church. I'm talking about just my relationship with God, my study time, my reading of my Bible, my prayer life, all of those things um, got stronger in this COVID season because there wasn't a whole lot to depend on. We had a lot. Now I actually never stopped working. I was actually still going to work, but our salon was closed. So, you know, um, we had to find online ways to, you know, to make a hustle, but um, it is a lot of more idle time. You know what I mean? A lot more, um, regardless if people thought it was real or not, that's where the state of the country was at. And, you know what I mean? There was a lot of fear driven um, stuff going on online. 
You know what I mean? So you had to you had to really get real with yourself and, and see where you stood. So if this thing, if these lights shut out tomorrow, where, where are you going? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that's where my foundation was at. I had fell away a little bit. You know, I cut my teeth. I was actually a deacon. Um, I was a Sunday school teacher and a Wednesday night Bible study teacher. Uh, uh, teacher, And, you know, I, I stopped going to church a few years ago and, you know, I just didn't, wasn't getting fulfilled inside the building. So, you know, this kind of, you know, got me back on, you know, understanding uh, what, what my assignment is, you know what I mean? What I'm supposed to be doing, that, you know, what, what did the Lord give me to do, put my hand to the plow and, and keep going. So that's, that's what COVID did for me. Now, who and what is your inspiration? Uh, so I, I would say way, 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 way back in the day, like the early 2000s, um, there's a pastor called, um, his name's G. Craig Lewis, and he is the pastor of a ministry called EX Ministry. And he came out with this video series called The Truth Behind Hip Hop. And I started watching these videos and watching him online. And he inspired me to do basically what it is that I, I do today. Um, it's it's uh, speak truth against what we see in society. And at that time, what this Truth About Hip Hop series was, is that there's a lot of devil worship in music. And I saw it as well, but I didn't know how to identify. And watching these videos and listening to him preaching got me to understand what it is I was seeing. So I started to speak out against it too. So my first videos on YouTube were, you know, exposing just like, you know, what's very famous today. And the way I did my videos was, is my son, I had gave my son a, a, a beat program called Fruity Loops um, when he was like 12 years old. So my son's, you know, my youngest son, which is, I think he's 27 now. Um, you know, he was a rapper, he made beats. So I told him, you know, make me some beats. And I would put these these beats over my my videos. And a lot of what you see on YouTube today, I'm not going to say I'm the father of it. But back then, you know, truth in, in exposing videos, they used to play stuff like Rage Against the Machine as background music. I think I was it. If I wasn't the first, I was one of the first guys to put hip hop beats behind uh you know, over top of um, videos that you were sharing on, on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, my wife says it all the time. There's like a handful of people who are real popular right now. She feels like literally not stole my style, but was inspired by how I used to edit. Some of my edits are still floating around on YouTube. So my inspiration was G. Craig Lewis and, and uh, uh, the truth behind hip hop. So, now, uh, we know you're on OTWTube.com. Uh, tell us about Cleve's EHS on OTWTube.com. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, by profession, I guess you could say, my day job is safety. And um, uh, I work a union job at a place that makes locomotives. And I, I'm in a position called the safety coordinator of my building which um, is uh, a union person off the floor who gets voted into a position in a two-year term. 
and we look after people's safety. We go to meetings and stuff like that, and we do that as our 40-hour-a-week job. We got an office and all of that stuff. So, you know, I found uh, another passion, which is safety. And um, EHS is Environmental Health and Safety, and that's the industry that governs safety across all types of industries. So, you know what I mean? In, in shops and, you know, cooking, you know, kitchens, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and the part, the, the organization that's over that is OSHA, right? That when injuries happen and stuff like that, how you investigate it. And I started that on OTW because I was like, I want to share these safety videos, but I don't want to put it on my cleaves report page. So I asked permission to make a EHS category so I can um, familiarize our people with safety because I, I, I don't see a lot of us participating in safety. You probably, you might even do safety every day, but as a, in the, in the realm of EHS, do you know what that is? So I try to share clips on things not to do, <laughs> accidents and stuff like that, but also um, technology and, and cool tools and safe ways to do stuff. So I'm trying to grow that page on uh, um, OTW Tube as well. If you could just explain uh, the, the acronym EHS. Yes, um, environmental health and safety is, like I said, because it has to do with um, the environment, the, the safety of the workers in the different industries. You know, that's, that's just the acronym that, that explains all of the, what, what um, safety embodies across many different um, industries. So mining, you know what I mean? How they, how they pull out, you know, when they do the fracking, EHS is involved in that. You know what I mean? It's just a governing body that kind of um, embodies all of, you know, what we do on a daily basis to work and do it safety, safely. So li lifting heavy objects and, you know, cutting, um, uh, cutting pipe and things like that. That's EHS. Beautiful. Now, question, are there any gifts or talents you possess? Are there any other ones that we don't know about? Um, I mean, you could probably infer that I'm, I'm an editor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, edit. Um, what else do I do? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess you could say I'm kind of like a jack-all-trade master of none. <laughs> renaissance man yes yes I, I feel some, you know what sometimes i feel that way i'm not even gonna lie to you <clears throat> sometimes i feel that way that i am a renaissance man because i wear many hats i help my wife run the bit you know the salon business um i try to mentor um grown men you know what i mean not you know even men that's older than me not so much that i'm i'm over them or um further along than them I just have this in, in this innate ability to lead and help people get to the best version of themselves so you know like I said if I, I would say oh I can say I'm a still an artist you know a fine artist and fine artists like painting and stuff like that um when I was in high school I got uh I got accepted to the government school for the arts in Pennsylvania and um, that's a pretty prestigious um, situation where you you go and you study art for the summer at a school that they choose for that summer. 
and you got to get accepted into the program. So they got fine arts, theater, dance, and uh, music <clears throat> was the four categories that you can be accepted in. So but when I was in 11th grade, I got accepted into that. And then I went to college for uh, to be an art teacher, but I flunked out. But, you know, so I, I still got some, I still can draw. <laughs> so I don't think a lot of people know that I still draw. So what's the best advice you've ever given to a young black man? I used to tell my kids this. My, my I got two um, older boys. And it's funny, I just said this this week. And this is the best advice I've ever given in my opinion. That's like that could come off the top of my head. <clears throat> Every time you leave the house, you represent three things. You represent your color because that's the first thing they see. You represent your family name because generally in your community, people will be like, oh, that's that such and such boy. That's such and such as kid, such and so on and so, so forth. And then the third thing that you represent is yourself. So always make good decisions in the public eye. Don't be out there doing the fool because it, it, it reflects on those three people when you make bad decisions. And, and, and that's why I believe that because of where we're at in society, meaning black folk, that's the, while we, while we, I don't believe we should operate as a monolith, stereotypes always put us as one big group of people and we're the only group of people that well that's i won't say the only. I'm, I'm 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 being i'm being extra my bad i feel like it's the most detrimental to us that we get clumped so when 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 people are robbing and stealing i don't rob and steal what do i got to do with that even so much so where they say um criminal justice reform I'm not against criminal justice reform at all. But if 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 someone finally does do something for criminal justice reform, they'll say, oh, they did something for black people. Well, but that didn't benefit me personally, right? Because I'm not in the system. You know what I mean? Like, while there's a lot of black folk in jail, it doesn't represent all black people. They always try to put us in this big old boat. So when you out there doing the fool, that's going to be reflective on all black people. So make sure you're making good decisions out there as a young person. Now, I, I know that's for the man. Is it the same for a young woman? What advice would you give her or them? Um, yes and no. So yes, those things absolutely um, fit black children, period for the black woman or the young black woman is different in, in, in this context that there's an extra, her sexuality is that one thing that I believe that we went wrong on or we've allowed to go wrong and I believe that, you know, me and my wife have done with my, my daughters is <clears throat> modesty. You know, one thing is a very, very important to me that um cleavage your stomach and your silhouette should be for your husband and i'm not trying to be a bible thumper with that i just think just on a regular natural level why would why would i why would i want to buy something that 
someone's already seen. You've already had that package. Why would I want that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you're trying to get a mate, you want something to be as pure as possible. You know, when you date, you know, like when I met my wife, you know, she had a past, I had a past. You know, you can't get around that as an older adult. But when you're younger, just like I said about the money part, if I had an opportunity to say, what could I tell myself uh, from what I have no now back then, if there was another part to that question, I would say about sex and sexuality is even for the boys, keep your virgin as long as you can. You know, there's a there's a uh, a preacher out of um, uh, Arizona who has a series on marriage, and one of his his teachings is, "I wish I never would have seen it," because the things that we experience when we're younger affect relationships when we're older, and I believe that young ladies, it it hurts them more because um, there's the remember how we talked about society and the how society treats people. We can't, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be a double standard. There is, and you can't get away from that. So a woman's sexuality is not counted the same as a man's. I still preach against men being promiscuous, but it's way more detrimental for a woman to be promiscuous. You know what I mean? So crop shirts and your boobs all out and your butt out, it brings the wrong energy. So when you're out there in the world, young ladies, be modest. You can still be sexy and cute and men are still going to want you without you showing everything. You know what I mean? Leave something to the imagination. You know what I mean? And I say that, I don't just say that to our young ladies. I say that to our old ladies too, our middle-aged ladies. I say that to all women. Hide something, sis. It don't have to all be on, on display. And it's not, and it's not a revolution for you to to enter into that behavior. I think the world has tricked us into believing that women aren't liberated by showing their bodies. Liber- women are liberated because men hold them to a to a a place in their life of importance. And I think that that type of energy brings the wrong result. Just be smart. Be intelligent. Do, you know what I mean? Be loyal. And, and and be modest. Because I think you'll go much, much further than be being held at a high esteem because of how you look. You know, and it's hard to tell a young lady that beauty's temporary because, man, our black sisters, boy, they stay pretty a long time. <laughs> So, you know what I mean? You could be for the, you know, that's why you see a lot of uh, stellar got a groove back with men. You know what I mean? Because women are in their 60s, man, still looking beautiful and desirable. And it's like, yeah, but we don't need that type of negative, negative attention in my mind, especially the way men are today. And the imbalance, um, like I said, we have a whole nother show on the imbalances of black men right now, how emotionally unstable we are. And how you have all these black men killing black women uh, just because they can't hold it together. You know what I mean? They told them no or they they snapped out or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just sad. I think a lot of that is based on, you know, men's inability to hold it together emotionally. And then the the, uh, uh, sexuality of women provoking them. 
And I'm not saying that you're blaming the victim. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying that's the trigger for the un that's for the trigger for the uh, unstable black man is that sexuality. Because he wants it, he sees it, he thinks he can have it, and then he acts out when he can't get it. Amazing. You know, listening to you, you reminded me of a brother, John Elliott Churchville. I interviewed him for, uh, it's in post-production. Um, remember our stolen legacy with Bill Cosby, and there was a man out in Philly who had a bunch of little black children in his classroom, and he, black is beautiful. I am beautiful because I'm black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went, I found him. He was like almost 90 years old. And his advice was, oh, like, you, you just, the same spirit, yeah? And he said that for the men, he said, find a good woman. But then he said, for the women, keep your legs closed, <laughs> young girl. <laughs> you know, he was just really upfront. I, it's, that's amazing. That is so dope. Oh, man. You're from the old school. Nothing's wrong with that. I Man, listen, I have, and like I said, I was I was raised in the 70s, and... A little bit of that Bible really touched me. And then just my mindset, having daughters, you know what I mean? Now, um, I met my wife when when the girls were 10 and 8. And if you notice, I don't call them my stepdaughters. They're my daughters, right? So um, just just being blessed to be in care of them, um, 8 and 10-year-old beautiful young ladies and, and teaching them and molding them and affirming them. People don't realize that it's the man's job to affirm their daughters, you know, so they, you know, black women who operate mentally okay in this world, they do that when they have good relationships with their fathers. When they don't, I'm not saying that they're ready to take the bridge or nothing, but I'm just saying you you do better when you when you have good relationships with your father than if you don't, you know what I mean? Um, and same thing for the boys, you know, the boys are normally scarred. A lot of these emotional black men are scarred because they, they have either a bad relationships with their mothers or they have, um, weird situations with their mothers. They're called the Willie Lynch syndrome where they got Willie Lynched. Um, they got coddled growing up, you know, as a black community, we push our girls out. And we caught, but but that's just not the way that you you um, raise up good and stable young people. You know what I mean? And and, and that's what I'm doing with my daughters. My daughters now are um, 21 and 19, and they still live at home with us. You know, because in this day and age, especially coming out of COVID, it's like they're not ready to be out there in the world. I just had a conversation with my daughter. She wants to. They was talking about doing a trip across uh across the state and going over to new jersey and i said listen i'm not trying to stop your shine i said but i just don't feel as though it's safe for two young ladies to be driving across country i'm like i get it y'all want to be free y'all want to do y'all i said but maybe 20 years ago but today somebody be driving behind y'all y'all stop to get gas and yeah, you could probably do it a hundred times and it don't happen. But guess what? You could be that one time and that statistic. And then I got to go to jail for murder because I'm going to be looking for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so It'd be a scene out of <laughs> deliverance, okay? <laughs> now, here's something that you don't get to hear too often. What does Cleve need? As a black man, what do you need? How's your support system? Who has your back, Cleve? 
Oh, wow. Um, I would say my wife has my back. She's my rock. I'm not even going to lie to you. She gets me together every day. Um, even when I'm stressed out, even when she's riding me almost to a breaking point, I still receive it because it gets me together. Um, she's always on me about my health, making sure that I'm taking my vitamins, making sure I'm drinking water. Um, and believe it or not, man, I'd probably say 65, 75% of the videos you see on Cleese Report on Instagram, my wife sends me those news articles, man. She, she's Beautiful. she's always been a behind-the-scenes worker for the Cleese Report. And, um, and, uh, and then I would say this, you know, aside, that's the easy one. But this is the, the one that is, is a little bit more special to me is that I got, a, I, got a, I got a team. And the team isn't my team. It's just a team that I can reach out to that crosses different um, genres. Uh, I got my good friend over in California, uh, the real Remy Ray. Um, he's been a brother to me. And I've never met that man in person. I got my boy Kendrick um, from On Point Arms. Um, he's on my my uh, website as a resource. Um, I believe he's out in Wisconsin, and um, you know he's he's helped me get my you know get uh, uh, ammunition and uh, weapons for my home for home defense. Um, I have uh, Zelda, who is uh, AKA Teacher's Tavern. She is, you know, basically my rock as far as the blog goes, you know, um, and she's been um, talking about current events and she's been a really cool person to bring onto the team. Never met this woman a day in my life, but we talk every once in a while. And like I said, she feeds me articles to put on the blog. Um, my buddy in uh, Buffalo, New York, um, uh, Greg Colbert, you know, he was uh, the co-founder of, of an app. Um, called Good Cop, Bad Cop. And um, that brother has, you know, helped me tremendously. And, and we've tried to, <clears throat> you know, have this vision for the Cleese Report to bring this TV thing and this teaching aspect for educators onto the platform. But we haven't been able to get the funding for it. Um, and, uh, but those, those are, those are my, my go-tos right there. And I'm always welcoming other team members too, you know, and, you know, our relationship, I hope, after this interview can become stronger as well that we conversate and and become you know part of the team but to the moon that's, brother that's to the moon and back support. huh i said to the moon brother to the moon and back amen amen absolutely absolutely so that's 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 where i get my strength from real talk you know i can call remy anytime that i would say that's my name you know if it's not my wife it's remy that's dope. Remy's a good dude. He really is a good brother. What do you think yes. the world needs more of? I would say um, truth, love, and honesty. Well, that truth and honesty isn't the same thing. <laughs> it really isn't. Yep. Truth, love, and honesty. I think those are the, th the three things that the world needs more of that I don't see enough of. I think that we're all individuals <clears throat> in the rat race trying to get our piece of the cheese. And I think that you do have small factions, thank God. Speaking of which, the team I just mentioned, 
who come together for a common goal. But I think that we're so on a, on a small level, um, just due to resources that, you know, as you go up the, the food chain or up the ladder, up the stairs or the escalator, um, the people with more resources get more and more fractured. You know, uh, ex- a great example would be is something that I see that me, myself, I haven't been publicly critical of, but I see the, the somewhat deceit in it. And this is Sean King, who I follow, I still follow, I haven't unfollowed him. Sean King, Lee Merritt, um, uh, Benjamin Crumb, that group, right? I believe that they, their platform, they bring a lot of attention to certain issues. They do a good job of that. But I see the, 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 the self-serving benefit to what it is they do. I can read between the lines. I've actually met two people who've personally had conversations with Benjamin Crump, who they've tried to get him to take their case, and he 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 didn't. He wouldn't take it. The one guy he even took the case and then sent them a letter and said, "We we can't take this case." You know what I mean? And kind of stepped away from it because what I've noticed is if they can't, if it, if there's no film to the incident, and they can't figure out a way to get money from the incident then they they won't take up that that charge you know what i mean that issue that issue isn't important to them unless it has those things in it and that's not even talking bad about them that's just that's a fact via observation i've never seen them take a case that didn't involve those two things they're always looking for the bag Hmm. now your great-great-great-grandchildren are listening to this. What do you want to tell them? My great-great-great-grandchildren are listening to this. I want to tell them to stay close to family, teamwork, and ownership. Never sell out. If you build something, keep it. Pass it to somebody. If you don't pass it to your family, pass it to another brother, but pass it to somebody that's going to pass it to somebody else. That goes back to that legacy uh, conversation we had earlier, is that we don't own nothing. Well, we own something, but you get what I'm saying. Overall, we don't own a whole lot in this country. We're not really passing things down. Every single wealthy person that you know on television is first-generation wealth. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even little Romeo, who would be considered second generational wealth, his father's still here. So when his father passes, when Master P goes away, does little Romeo remember the Bible says your children and your children's children? Has Master P built wealth outside of himself that when he passes it to little Romeo? Can Romeo now pass it to his son? Can it can it span two, three, four, five generations? Like the DuPonts, like the Rothschilds. So I would tell my kids, build something, own it with family and pass it. Brother, tell them where to find you. 
C-L-E-E-Z-E-R-E-P-O-R-T. You can find me at that same name on Instagram and on that same name at OTW2. And please, if you find it in your heart to bless a brother, you can hit that cash app with the same name, C-L-E-E-Z-E-R-E-P-O-R-T. Please report. You guys have been listening to On The Wake Up Radio. This is the hour with Cindy Ashby. Don't forget to sign up at otwtube.com. Any last remarks, please? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, to all the listeners, I apologize if something came up short, but the way we have these conversations, we could talk for three hours and still not hit everything. <laughs> so if you want to know more, if you want to pick my brain, if I, if I said something that you agreed with, if I said something that you didn't agree with, go to one of my platforms, reach out to me. And you can also report.com. I'm always open and willing to have conversation, great dialogue, uh, intelligent conversation with brothers and sisters out there. Even if you got white listeners, I talk to them too. Uh, oh, I, and, and one last thing. I, I apologize. I knew I was going to forget somebody. White folk on my squad is a woman that's local. She is, her name's Lisa Austin. She is a professor at Edinburgh University. She's an art teacher. She helped me reframe my what I do as art. And she helped me get into the, uh, the art show. Um, and then my good friend, um, Sue Gent, who is from Florida, and she's a private detective. And she is um, a, a great supporter of the page. And she's also one of the first people who taught me about crypto. Um, and she's been a blessing to me and my wife as well. So um, while we definitely stand for the black power and we, you know, unity and stuff, I, I can't forget, you know, my ca my Caucasian brothers and sisters who definitely who stand uh, and support the movement in such a way that they're not trying to beat us. They're just trying to support us. And, and that's what it's about. Amazing. I We need to do this more often. Everyone, please <laughs> report C-L-E-E-Z-E-R-E-P-O-R-T dot com. I thank you, brother, for coming. It's, it's called the hour. We went a little bit over, but we can do that because we got it like that. Because <laughs> it's so all ownership. Ownership, right? I know that's right, 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 right. And so this is perfect. When you own it, you can do what you want. I know that's right. Who's gonna tell me no? Who's gonna tell me both? Right. Exactly. Thank you so much. Your inspiration. You are an Thank inspiration. You. I want you to know that, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Again, thanks for having me on. And until we talk again. Yes, brother. And we're out. So here it is, y'all. Are you tired of being censored? Shadow banned? Shit, are you just tired of creating content and making these platforms famous? Well, I'm asking you to support OTW2. It's the black YouTube. Why, you may say? 
because our content is important and necessary. And because anytime we tell the truth, they shut us down on their platform. So we are behind enemy lines, so we cannot complain. We just gotta move accordingly, smarter. So since we know many of our people won't just jump ship and go to a black site, what I'm telling you to do is don't post everything that is great on their platforms. Give them purge people a 10 second snippet, a 15 second snippet, and make them come to OTW Tube and come check you out. Support black things or stop complaining. There's only unity, black unity, and black economics can change our situation. Wake up, y'all. OTW Tube is where it's at. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashley Production. Ashley Production. Ashley Production. On the wake up.